Hello and welcome to the very first How Do You Like Them Grapples roundtable discussion. I am AJ Walker. And today with me is Danny Hardcore. Hello. And also the Madonna of How Do You Like Them Grapples, the man who needs only one name. It's Steve. Hey. Uh, now there's a lot uh, talk about uh, what wrestlers people want to see uh, return to the WWE, be it people who've uh, been in the WWE before or with uh, places like WCW and ECW. Um, we're going to go in a slightly different direction today. We want to talk about those people who've been to in one of those places who we don't want to see come back to the WWE. And I know that Steve has uh, one very uh, prominent name that's had a lot of discussion recently that he doesn't want to see anywhere near the WWE. Goldberg. Just, no. It It's not going to be what anyone wants it to be. He's get he's getting on quite a bit now. He's done. He's not done much, you know, in kind of active competition in years. Anything he does, it's it's not. I mean, especially on what note he went out on. Everyone just thinks it's going to be like Brock Lesnar or something, but it's just not going to be, and it's just not going to get done right. Yeah, I think it is definitely uh, Goldberg's an example of he went out. It left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. That that whole return uh, when he when he came over to the WWE for the first time wasn't great, and people want that better ending. But it's been so long now. He's not the pay per view monster that Brock Lesnar proved himself to be when he went away from WWE. So the comparisons aren't great between the two of them, even though that is a comparison that a lot of people like to make. I mean, we were saying uh, before that as much as I hate the term legitimizing, Brock Lesnar went away into UFC and legitimized himself as a fighter. Absolutely. Whereas Goldberg's done nothing that I know of. Nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home dad if that's what he's done, but maybe been in a couple of films as bit roles, not seen anything from him competing as a wrestler or as a fighter or anything like that at all. Absolutely, he's not. He's not really being kept in the limelight um, in the same way that Brock Lesnar was. And uh, Brock Lesnar's return was a huge deal, more than just a former wrestler coming back. It was this guy was the former UFC champion. He'd done the million uh, buy rates for them. Like he was a, a huge name that everybody knew and everyone was thinking about. Well, hell, he went and did stuff in New Japan as well. So he was still wrestling before he went off to do UFC, but after he'd left the WWE. He's like the only man to be able to claim to be the WWE heavyweight champion, the New Japan heavyweight champion, and the UFC heavyweight champion. And are we ever going to see anyone else match that? CM Punk? He's not going to be heavyweight champion. A champion, maybe. We'll see how the first fight goes. But he's not going to be heavyweight. No, but obviously um, something like UFC where they, they do split the, the weight categories is somewhat different um, in there that um, a, a weight class champion is still seen at the same kind of height. If like someone like in boxing, someone like Floyd Mayweather is not thought of as lesser just because he is smaller. So you know, UFC has that legitimizing effect for athletes of, of any size so it isn't just the Brock Lesnar's of this world that they can put that legitimacy on someone like CM Punk if he were to somehow succeed at this to that level if he were to then come back to the WWE he would have that similar kind of shine as Brock Lesnar he would but you actually bring me to one of the people on my list and as much as I am a CM Punk fan don't want him back like it hurt that I didn't get the goodbye, but it's done. We we move on. That man isn't coming back. And I don't think he should because I think there's history and there's precedent that he will be punished for leaving. And as good as he may be, and if he does get the legitimacy and the buy rateness that Brock Lesnar got in UFC... I still don't think he'll be treated in the same way that Brock Lesnar would when Brock Lesnar came back in that Vince doesn't see him in the same light that he would see a Brock Lesnar or a somebody similar of that stature, whereas CM Punk is much smaller and we all know how Vince feels allegedly about the smaller guys. Um, 
but I actually I think I'm I'm ready to accept and move on that CM Punk shouldn't come back to the WWE. He's had his time, he's had his moment. It was amazing, and I'm sorry he didn't get what he wanted from it. I'm sorry he didn't get his WrestleMania main event. As a fan, I'm sorry that didn't happen. But at the same time, I'm ready for him to move on to his next challenge. I think he, a long time ago, accepted he was ready to move on to his next challenge. I'm interested to see what he does next, but I think I'm willing to say I don't want him back in the WWE. Yeah, so it's it's a, a different thing from Goldberg in that um, with Goldberg, I think we all feel that he wouldn't, performance-wise, uh, be able to deliver what people are wanting from him. With Punk, it's more the combination of we don't feel that he would get a fair shake from Vince McMahon, but also that, to a point, his story's done and it's there's not so much the unfinished business there for him. He did do a lot whilst he was with WWE and there's not really much for him to do by coming back. I think there's the argument that there are two reasons why you would put somebody on the list of people we don't ever want to see in the WWE again. And that is there are people who will do it, who, who or rather who by doing it will essentially tarnish a legacy. And there are people who by doing it will be ruined by what the WWE will do with them. So Sting was another example of that. For a long time, he said he didn't want to come into WWE because he saw how Vince treated the other WCW superstars that had come up, the whole Booker T and the rock angle where the rock goes, who the hell are you? And it's like, this is Booker T, he's a big deal. And he's the biggest deal you had at that time in WWE as a WCW guy. And you just ran him into the ground and made all of his accomplishments mean nothing. So I think there's those those two elements to people we would either don't want to have back because we just genuinely don't want to see them back and we don't think what they're going to do is any good and people that we don't want to see back because we don't want to see how they're going to be treated. Yes, I think as well with um, someone like Sting as well, um, you have also got that element of injury worries. Because obviously he, he seems to have called it a day because uh, the match against Seth Rollins caused him an injury that if he was to continue to wrestle could cause him serious problems. Now, you could probably construct a match for him that would help him in that regard and sort of like take the pressure off the bumps, but you've always got that risk with wrestling that something goes wrong and I think you know someone like Sting to end up in a wheelchair is not what anyone wants to see. Well, it's the same reason that Daniel Bryan, Edge, people like that are also on on this list in that I don't want to see those guys die in the ring. I don't want to see those guys in a wheelchair. I am happy for them to come back. Mick Foley, I'm happy for them to come back, stand in a ring, cut an amazing promo, put a new guy over, help somebody win a match through distraction or whatever. But I don't want to see those guys permanently injured. And I don't want to see them taken away from their families. So I don't want them in the WWE in a wrestling capacity. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. There, there, there are certain people who um, could certainly come back and have a role as a, as a manager, um, you know, an authority figure, um, or even just like uh, Edge, who's just, uh, you know, popped up every now and then to um, advance a story or Shawn Michaels, uh, like when he returned um, to get involved with the Triple H Undertaker. It's like that's something that you don't necessarily mind as much because that's to help other people and they weren't looking in terrible condition uh, when they were doing that. Um, was I looked at someone like Terry Funk um, when he came to Preston, even though he wasn't really getting involved in a wrestling capacity. It was just like a, a post-match beatdown. That's not something that I want to see. He's like, did, I know Terry Funk first retired, I, th- I think, before I was born. Um, but obviously, he's still going now. And it's in got to a point where that man just needs to, to sit at home and en- enjoy the rest of his life. He doesn't need to come out every wrestling show around the world to beat people up. I think he he's more than earned his retirement. Got anyone else on your list, Steve? Well, probably the main one, which is again what always upsets a lot, of, probably upset a lot of people, is the Hardys. Particularly Jeff. Jeff can just know off. But, <laughs> you know... Might have to bleep that. 
I, I, I mean, I've got massive issues with Jeff Hardy, particularly after, you know, everything that happened in TNA, the, the victory match words. and all that. But yeah. it's like, the stuff they're doing now, it's just like, no. I mean, the thing is, Vince would probably do something, give Jeff a push or something. I mean, obviously, Matt, maybe not, but... Well, again, I think that's an interesting one in that it depends on whether you're talking about Matt and Jeff or the Hardy Boys. So if you brought them back as the tag team, I fully believe that they could do something interesting with the tag team division now. I don't really want that with the Dudleys already there in that, you know, you've kind of got that historic tag team to kind of pass the torch over in the Dudleys. So we don't really need the Hardys to do that. I think as much as I have a burning hatred for TNA and what they've done in the last 10 years, um, the, the it's possibly the best thing to ever happen to Matt and Jeff in as far as they are concerned for their careers, like for their bodies and their well-being, probably the worst thing to ever happen to them because, you know, a company that lets them do whatever the hell they want is not going to be a company that's actually got their best interests at heart. But I think if you brought back Jeff on his own, that you're right, Vince would have a way of pushing him. I think if you brought back Matt on his own, Vince would let him lounge in the mid card and and never really do anything important. Pretty much, I say Matt, Matt Hardy would be in the position of someone like say R Truth. Now I think he would be there. You would see him a lot, but he'd never actually do anything of consequence. And at the moment, the position that he's in with CNA, as much as it's not of interest to me, it is you know he is being relatively successful, and the Hardy versus Hardy match did put up ratings for them so I think they have a a place in TNA but I don't think either of them on their own or as of the Hardy Boys in WWE I don't think that there would be that place for them I think it would be a very short lived thing So I've got a slightly controversial one here that I think is going to possibly split opinion on this one So We love controversy so the, one of the people that I don't ever want to see come back to the WWE is The Rock. I'm done. Pure and simple. Again, it goes back to what I was saying before about there's a difference between being in the ring and cutting a promo and having a backstage segment and hosting a WrestleMania and all the rest of it. But I don't want to see The Rock get in the ring and wrestle any of the current crop of talent. Because honestly, looking back at The Rock's last title run in the WWE and the last thing he did in terms of matches ignoring the eight-second match at WrestleMania, because we'll get to that in a moment. Who benefited from that at all? No talent got put over other than The Rock and John Cena, who were two established stars who needed no putting over. Part of that, though, was the booking. I mean, you can't put all that against The Rock exactly because he was booked against John Cena. And But if they didn't have The Rock to do that with, they would have had to do something else. That's what I'm saying. Like, If The Rock never comes back to the WWE again in a wrestling capacity, they would have had to do something else in that situation. I have no problem with CM Punk losing the title to then have John Cena face whoever took the title from him at WrestleMania that year and CM Punk having his thing with The Undertaker that year and all the rest of it. I can deal with that. The problem is that in that run, The Rock did a Survivor Series match that was a tag match that was three stars at best you had a demanding a title so, match who, at, who, who's not the star in that match then sorry no three stars out of five right okay so i, I thought that was uh, a dig at uh, our truth then no 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 um you've got him then demanding a title match against the champion whoever that may be at the rumble him then defending his title at, at the uh, elimination chamber and then him losing his title at mania he wrestled a grand total of four matches and put over nobody other than John Cena. Yeah, and I think there's definitely an argument that of all the people who would ever come back to the WWE, The Rock is the one man who can turn around and tell the WWE what is going to happen in that run. So The Rock could have come back and said that he wanted to put over, for example, CM Punk. If he'd have taken the title from CM Punk, but then CM Punk takes it back from him at WrestleMania, then that allows him to give that rub to someone who perhaps can use that to get up to that level. Whereas John Cena, 
is the height. There is no one bar The Undertaker at that level in the WWE. So as as much as WWE like to push it as, as a dream match, I think it was a match that no one really wanted all that much. For the second time as well. I mean, if it had been the first time, maybe. Maybe I'd have been all right with it because we we wouldn't have known basically exactly what was going to happen, which was that that, that Cena was going to take the title off the Rock because they had to to square it off, and then in theory it was the worst kept secret in history that we were clearly going to have a rubber match between the two the following year. Thank you, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> but you've also got the fact that CM Punk was pushing for a triple threat at Mania with his title on the line, so he would have lost the title to the Rock. Cena would have earned his number one contendership by winning the Rumble that year, and Punk would have been able to cash in his rematch at WrestleMania. So you have him lose you have him lose the title match at the chamber by shenanigans, so that he, you know, wins by DQ or something. So he's still a credible challenger, but hasn't taken the title from the rock before that point. And then at least you are pushing somebody else up into that main echelon of talent in that CM Punk gets his main event. And Cena gets his title win, and The Rock does some good by putting somebody over. So would you, would you say it's fair to say then that when The Rock does make his returns, you feel that those returns are more about The Rock than the WWE? I think that's been the way with The Rock for a long time, in, in, in my opinion. In that, again, you go back and you watch any of the recent stuff The Rock has done with the WWE back until I'm talking anything after the undisputed title to Brock Lesnar. Everything after that, anytime The Rock has appeared, it's been about The Rock. Giving the WWE a rating spike, yes, but it's been about The Rock. It's There's been a an ulterior motive, a benefit for The Rock to do it. And that's fine. That's He's a businessman. I can respect that. But at the same time, for a man who loves the business and a man who, I would argue, gets the business... He doesn't seem to be very willing to put over new talent because all of his promos over the last five years, let's say, have been about running down anyone that he is up against or in the ring with, whether it's Lana and Rusev, whether it's John Cena, whether it's CM Punk, whether it's R-Truth and The Miz. Hell, the bit at WrestleMania with with, uh, Triple H and Stephanie. It's great seeing The Rock mock Stephanie McMahon again, but... It's still all about The Rock. It's not about WrestleMania. It's not about the competition. It's not about the the company. It's about, oh, look, kids, it's The Rock. You don't actually remember him from when you started watching wrestling. You only remember him because we've trained you to remember him. The WrestleMania thing was a little different, I think, just because I think that was also partly there for the Ronda Rousey bit, which obviously nothing's come of that yet. But I think that was also meant to be there to sort of bring her in and set that up. But obviously... For whatever reasons, that's not happened. Does that count as a WWE debut that therefore I can claim her on my list of people I don't want to come back to the WWE? Because, again, it would be interesting to see her up against the women, but I'm not sure I actually want to see that. Well, I say, I think jumping the barrier um, at, uh, at an event's not quite the same as uh, as, as performing, as, as interesting as that segment was at the time. Um, but as I, I, I can certainly see why people would not necessarily want to see someone like Ronda Rousey come in, especially with the direction that they're going with the women's division at the moment. She would be presented in a quite different way from everyone else. And it's the only thing that I can think of that they would do with her coming in is come in and destroy everyone. She would become the Brock Lesnar of the women's yeah. division. And that was one of the things that I was just thinking about then um, when you were talking about The Rock and him coming in and it's only putting down uh, the people who who were there. The WWE seems to have an obsession with when they bring back, even if it's not in a wrestling capacity, if it's, you know, um, the you know making the save, the post-match beatdown. Uh, they make a habit of bringing back people, you know, from the Monday Night Wars, the Attitude Era, to essentially show that they're better than the the people that we're watching week in, week out now. And that's a big problem with anyone that they would be bringing back now. It's like, if you're not bringing them back to help the people that we have now, 
rather than what they do of of essentially just destroying their current talent. Who are we going to have in 10 or 15 years to have these big returns? You're pretty much looking at John Cena at the minute. I mean, oh my God, I can't believe our truth ran down and interrupted the uh, the main event of WrestleMania 45, saving the babyface heel at that time from an illustrious beatdown from Triple H and his son. <laughs> yeah, so that's that, that that's one of the big problems that the WWE has in in the returns. They don't handle them very well in regards to how they are interacting with the new talent. So, I mean, it's interesting that we've got Bob Backlund coming back at the moment. To help a new talent. Not to wrestle. um, But the whole idea of that is to help Darren Young. And yes, they're using the the whole Donald Trump presidential election thing as as a way of doing that. But the purpose isn't to put the spotlight on Bob Backlund. It's to put the spotlight on the new guy. So when you have someone like The Rock who comes back and he has a six-second match with someone who's at at the moment being presented as a a very big threat... Let's give Eric Rowan his dues. It was eight seconds. Two extra seconds. He he lasted longer. Um, But yeah, it's like that's the difference. You know, like when someone is coming back, there needs to be a reason for them to come back. And it can't just be the nostalgia factor there has to be a, a bigger purpose than that it's like you can you, you can use the nostalgia factor by all means to bring people in and and you know put more eyeballs on the WWE that's fine but those people aren't going to stay around if you don't then give them a reason to stay around and that in my opinion is the the biggest problem of bringing people back because they don't use them to put over the new talent. They use them literally for that quick cash grab. To go off on a very, very brief tangent here, you're exactly right. The reason that Randy Orton as the legend killer worked was they brought back old talent for that nostalgia moment for Randy Orton to then make himself a legend by being the legend killer. I don't like Randy Orton now. I loved Randy Orton back then. And Randy Orton back then earned his credibility by destroying the people that they brought back to put him over. CM Punk could have been a legend killer if he had been able to defeat the people's champion at WrestleMania, uh, sorry, at the Royal Rumble, retain his title and go on to beat John Cena at WrestleMania. That would have been the one thing that nobody would have seen coming because they'd have actually used a returning legend properly. Yeah, and I said the, the that the example of Randy Orton is a very very good one of how you should be using these returning stars. I mean, like you, you have things like Shawn Michaels, where some people can come back for a very extended period of time and and not just have that that one person that they're there for. They can be a star for you know, I mean, was it seven years? He ended up coming back for yeah, and that's slightly different. Um, but most of the people that we're thinking of, it's you know, you, you're talking, you know, one specific run, a year, two years at max, before they're gone again. Which means you need to use them the way that uh, they used people like uh, Dusty Rhodes with Randy Orton, which is not something that the WWE seem to have been willing to do for a long time. I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying everybody should come back and do the Jericho, where they just seem to job incessantly for no real reason. Like the problem with the Jericho run when he's returned for the the fifth time or whatever it is now, is that every time he loses a match and doesn't win something back, he loses credibility, which means that beating him doesn't mean as much as it did. Like if that you have true. him just lose to everyone, like the internet was up in arms because he beat AJ Styles because this is a man who basically jobbed out to everyone. He jobbed out to Fandango at WrestleMania and then he beats AJ Styles. Okay, not quite one match after the other, but still, there's there's not really been really been a rebuild of Jericho to the point where him beating AJ Styles was a big thing. But at the same time, what I am saying is, if you're going to bring back legends for just one match, maybe have them lose. Yeah, I think the the Chris Jericho one's interesting as well because he like he falls now more in that 
Shawn Michaels' role, but he has kept going away. And one of the things that they've done is that has taken the uh, shine off a of Chris Jericho return is that at some points they've come too quickly. So the WWE expected us to get excited about the return of Chris Jericho when he'd been away for three months at one stage. And that's not so much a return. And that helps no one in that regard. You could just have Chris Jericho come back without the fanfare and go into a feud. But to, to paint this as a big return that we should care about when you haven't really thought about that you miss him, that then means that whoever you pair him off with then, you're kind of starting to reject that anyway, and they then don't get like the rub that they would get from if you know Chris Jericho was actually returning from being away for a good while. Yeah, I mean, the first Jericho return was a big deal because nobody knew when he was coming back. It was a big thing. The subsequent Jericho returns have got shorter and shorter in terms of time between them and while i am a chris jericho fan and i'm i i'm enjoying this latest run a lot more than i enjoyed the run before it and probably even the run before that the impact of his returns are diminishing and maybe that's much like the john cena coming back so quickly from injury thing we just it's all a foregone conclusion we all know What's going to happen? Jericho goes away. He tours for a little bit. You've got a good idea. He'll be back in the three to six month time period. John Cena gets injured. We're told it's nine months. He's back in six. You know, it's that kind of thing. We all kind of know what's going on. Whereas Jericho's first departure, he was gone for a long time. There was absolute silence about it. He didn't talk about wrestling for a long time afterwards. He didn't. I mean, if you read his books, he didn't want to wrestle. That was the point. And then he fell in love with it again. And that's great. And he came back and that was great. And some of that feud, whether it was with Orton, whether it was with Michaels, whatever, it was all really good. But now it's kind of just a bit like, it's what he does. It's The Undertaker going away after WrestleMania for nine months and then coming back to set up the next WrestleMania. We know it's happening. Shawn Michaels turning up before WrestleMania means it's WrestleMania season. These are things that, as long-term fans, you start to become a little bit jaded to because it's like clockwork. You can set your watch to it. Yeah, and the the lack of that surprise hurts those people. You're not as excited as you should be for it, and that poor presentation then ruins what they are then going to go on and do. So this would be an interesting one, because I'm not too sure where I would fall on this myself, but would you be happy to see, or would you rather he stayed away? Rob Van Dam. Uh... He's the the man who's who if he comes back and has a load of matches at WrestleMania could take the Undertaker's undefeated streak because he's got the highest undefeated streak at WrestleMania going at four and oh. <laughs> so we're gonna have a lot more Rob Van Dam if that's gonna happen. I think again, used right, I have no problem with Rob Van Dam coming back. He can still go in the ring. He's still a really good performer. He was never great on the mic, but we we hide that weakness and that's fine. I think you put him in the right feud with the right people. I don't have the same problem with him coming back as I had with, say, The Rock or someone like that coming back. I think Van Damme was not hurt by his time in TNA. I think Van Damme is a a man who could come back and put on some really, really good matches with the more modern talent. I would love to see him fight some of the newer guys. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, it's all down to booking. Um, do you feel that they would be able to use him right? So obviously we're saying that he's not going to tarnish his legacy um, by putting on poor matches, but do you feel that if he were to come back again now, they would have the ability to put him in the right matches? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who, depending on what you wanted to do with him, you could bring him back, put him as like a mid-carder, you know, sort of like giving like a intercontinental championship run, maybe help put some of those guys over that way. Um, or the other interesting one is you could maybe stick him in the uh, cruiserweight classic. If he just, I'm not sure quite sure on what his weight is if he would fall I into that. But don't think he would fit under the weight bracket, especially now for the cruiserweight tournament. I'm just, I, I understand what you're saying. I think, yeah, him. I mean, him in NXT. 
Don't like take away the cruiserweight tournament. And actually, just put him slap bang in NXT. Him as the NXT champion. So having some amazing matches with some of the new up and coming talent. So you know, kind of replacing Finn as that gatekeeper. Kind of, he's going to hold the title for a long time, but it doesn't really matter because it's about him putting over the other talent that are then on their way up without having to hold the title themselves. I think that would be a good idea. I think you're right with something about the Intercontinental title. Uh, hell, you could even put him in the World Heavyweight title picture if his job is to put other people over. I think the reason that I feel differently about Van Damme coming back over The Rock is that Van Damme feels like he would do the right thing for the business. He would help new talent get over. Like, I can't name you a bad Rob Van Damme match in the WWE. Um, I could probably name you some bad ones in WCW, but that's, again, going back to the argument about booking over over talent i think it's about rob van damme would put new guys over i think rob van damme would make new guys look good and i think that rob van damme would help the business move forward whereas he would be quite happy to take his money out of that situation but he wouldn't be trying to do it to further himself much like somebody else like a hogan or a flair or a rock or even an any member of the nwo would like X-Pac could, could come back in the Cruiserweight tournament. He did fall in the Cruiserweight ca- uh, weight category, but I don't want to see that happen either. No one wants to see that. Well, speaking of the uh, of the NWO, um, Kevin Nash um, has previously been on record saying that everyone has one more run if booking is compliant. He is a name that a lot of people, for some reason, I don't get it myself, but for some reason people want to see Kevin Nash come back can we all just appreciate for the moment the irony of kevin nash running <laughs> say, we all want to see him come back one more time and see see him rip that muscle again the best thing about kevin nash returning at wrestlemania was him trolling the internet yeah him him pretending to have uh, torn, torn his, his quads quad was brilliant um, that were that 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 was probably the, the best thing about that whole angle. <laughs> but honestly, that match alone, everyone in that match, apart from maybe Sting and Triple H, I would be perfectly fine with never seeing any of them step into that ring and wrestle again. So you know, I'm perfectly happy without seeing Hogan, Hall, Nash, X Pac, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, Shawn Michaels, any of them ever step in the ring again to wrestle. I mean, there is one man with with the surname Hall I'm happy to see come into the WWE. I would be perfectly happy to see Cody Hall come in and do something interesting, but I don't want to see Scott Hall back in the ring. See, I think the New Age Outlaws are ones that I wouldn't mind just because they've proven that they can still go. I mean, the problem is, again, is that I don't know, part of me is like, I don't know if I trust them because, you know, they had the chance of doing the right thing with the Ascension and they didn't. Yeah, again, so, it obviously goes to the question of whether they yeah. chose or Vince chose. Yeah. But but you're right, the Ascension were the people that should have benefited from that feud, and yet again, some ageing talent, no disrespect meant to those men in terms of, I'm not saying that they are the oldest guys there, but they are definitely older than the Ascension. Well, they're not active, and they're regular not. active competitors exactly. at this point. Um, some, some older guys from the Attitude Era come back, and they wrestle three maybe four matches again at most i know they have the titles briefly but their job should have been putting over new talent and again the only people they actually put over that i remember were the usos who had already at that point been tag team champions and were pretty much established as the team in the tag team division because they were like the only team in the tag team division for quite yeah. a time before then out of all the people that we were talking about then i think the the one that I can understand the most as to why people want to see come back and and have that, that at least that one more match is someone that I personally wouldn't want to see, but I get why people want it, which is Scott Hall, and obviously he has very well publicized problems, and I think people look at someone like Scott Hall and they want to see that redemption story. That they want to see the guy that they remember one more time. They want to see him having beaten his demons and come back and have that goodbye that they feel that he deserves. And whilst I can understand that, I think that that ship has sailed with him now. Did he not kind of get that with his induction into the Hall of Fame, though? 
absolutely. And I say that is the direction that WWE decided to go with that. It's like you know, he, him going into the Hall of Fame was t- to give him that that moment again. But like you do see a lot of people who want to see Scott Hall have one more match, which I get because you know he came along at a time when you know wrestling had never been bigger so he's one of the, those names that people remember he never quite got as high as perhaps he should have done because of his problems and people do love the redemption story but i can't see how it would be a good idea and the other person in a similar vein that a lot of people want to see that one more match for which i think would be a bad idea is jake the snake yeah, I think Jake the Snake, that moment has passed and it's a shame that moment passed when it did in that if, and this is not meant that DDP is at fault here, if DDP had got to Jake the Snake Roberts earlier, then the whole situation might be different. And I'm not saying, as I say, that in any way DDP, you know, should have pulled his finger out and uh, and done something sooner. But there is an element that Jake the Snake could come back and do a management role. He could do a Bob Backlund with a new talent. He could put somebody over as as a new talent. But physically, I don't think he should ever wrestle again. According to DDP, he felt that if they wanted Jake the Snake to uh, enter the Royal Rumble, that he'd not only be physically capable of doing that, but he would be able to do it well. And obviously, you're not talking there that he would come in and you know number one through to thirty go the distance by any means. But you know he he would perform that role of the surprise return, get an elimination or two, and then someone gets the rub by getting that elimination on him. But I'm not sure I even want to see that with Jake the Snake now. As I say, five five ten years ago. It might have been different, but I think at this point, again, he's had that moment by going into the Hall of Fame, and it should be left there. I think the one thing I will give the WWE a lot of credit for is that generally going to the Hall of Fame is the end of your career with them. There are very, very few active Hall of Famers in terms of in-ring competition. Other than Ric Flair, I'm struggling to think of anyone who's who's wrestled with a, a ring on their hand in the WWE. I appreciate that Hulk Hogan has gone and done some other stuff elsewhere with a ring on his hand, and Ric Flair has done likewise. But it does seem to be that basically you're going in the Hall of Fame, that means that you're not wrestling in the WWE again. And I think that's the right way to do it, personally. Yeah. I think it draws a line under your career. It gives everybody an understanding of that that's going to be the end of your career. It's why people like Vince McMahon and Triple H probably won't go in for a long, long time. I'm not sure Vince McMahon will ever go in while he's still alive, but he's another man I don't want to see ever get in a wrestling ring. So I'd be perfectly happy for Vince McMahon to be inducted into the Hall of Fame if it meant that he could never step into the wrestling ring again. Uh, I'm willing to extend that to I don't ever want to see a McMahon wrestle again. Any McMahon. I don't want to see Vince wrestle. I don't want to see Shane wrestle. And I don't want to see Stephanie wrestle. They should be done. I can understand, to an extent, the match with The Undertaker. Ultimately, it didn't make a lot of sense. But... it's <laughs> putting madly. <laughs> um, but it, it was a way of le- letting people have that goodbye that they, that they never had. Because he left kind of abruptly. Well, and he left backstage. He left behind the scenes. There was no in-ring, like, if you lose this match, you're gone forever. Goodbye, retirement segment on Raw, anything like that. He was in the company one day, and then the next day was a press release saying that the WWE and Shane McMahon have come to terms, and Shane McMahon is off to to do whatever it was. We wish him all the best in his future endeavours, etc. I, I I get what you're saying about never wanting to see McMahon wrestle again. I think I Shane would be the least offensive to me in terms of wrestling again. I was uncomfortable at several points during the Undertaker-Shane McMahon match because of some of the things that he is willing to do to put on an amazing match and some of the things he was going to have to do to make that match as memorable and as good as it was. But at the same time, I could see him have a match or two more 
I don't want to see Vince take a terrible stunner anymore. I don't want to see Vince well, so the thing rip with, his knees off by sliding into the ring badly. The thing with Vince McMahon is like he's now in his 70s. This, this man should not be involved in physical altercations anymore. And to be honest, Shane's in his mid-40s now. He's not getting any younger. It's the things that happen in a Shane McMahon match are things that perhaps should only be done by a younger man who it's not going to have as much of a toll on their body because their body can repair itself a lot quicker. Should a man in his mid-40s be jumping off the top of a Hell in a Cell? Should any man be jumping off the top of that Hell in a Cell structure? You also say, though, that you don't want to see a McMahon ever wrestle ever again, but we've got a fourth generation of them to come. If the McMahon kids want to become wrestlers... I don't have that much of a problem with it. I don't think that any of them are anywhere near that point yet. Uh, I think your oldest one, bad at judging ages, and the internet would probably tell us more, but I would argue from the age of the boys at WrestleMania, bearing in mind that they are the oldest, and that WrestleMania 20 had Vince and Shane holding a baby. I don't know if it was the oldest son or not. You're talking roughly 12. Yeah. It's going to be the oldest. You're talking you've got at least a decade before any of them would be stepping in the ring. And that gives you plenty of time to sort of play down the McMahon storyline and put those people to bed as competitors. So by the time you have a McMahon getting involved in the ring again, it's sort of become fresh and new. WrestleMania 45, main event, one of Shane's children versus one of Stephanie's children for control of the WWE. I'm calling it now. Could well happen. Um, so other than the McMahons then, um, which are, who I think we've exhausted now, is there anyone else that, you, that you've got on your list that you have a burning desire to never see again? I never want to see Taz come back to the WWE, except, and this is the one time it's the other way around, I would love to see Taz come back in and wrestle. I don't want him anywhere near a microphone ever again, though. So I don't want Taz on commentary like he was in the WWE and TNA. And I appreciate that he never will wrestle again because of health issues and so on in that capacity. But I would love to have seen one more run of Taz wrestling in the WWE. For me, Taz never quite worked in the WWE. That transition from ECW to coming over to WWE, it never quite worked for him. Well, it's the problem of... ECW was the the land of competition and extreme, whereas the WWE has earned the nickname the land of the giants for a reason. So somebody of Taz's size, while can believably beat people who are a good foot taller than him in ECW, it became more of a stretch in the WWE, especially how they presented him. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I don't think Taz coming back would be worthwhile, because he doesn't have the the history in the WWE to draw from. He, he's leaning again on ECW, and I think ECW is something that we now need to let die. What about, though, if I said that I want Taz to come back and wrestle in TNA? Not TNA, sorry. I don't think NXT. Any, I don't think anyone deserves to have to go to <laughs> TNA. No, NXT. I mean, NXT would be slightly different. Obviously, you've got um, the example of someone like Rhino, coming back who I don't think anyone really would want to see wrestling on Raw and Smackdown. You mean other than the three matches I think he had on the latest run and then subsequently disappeared back down to... Did did anyone like that once again ECW revival? Oh no, it totally didn't need to be him and and the, the way they did that calling him up thing made no sense. It would have made more sense for him to come up first and then Tommy Dreamer's return to be the final surprise, rather than Rhino's return being the big surprise. Yeah, and uh, Tommy Dreamer, again, is someone who I'm happy um, to appear on any of their network stuff. You know, he's quite funny on the Edge and Christian show. You know, if they want to uh, give him a gig doing that, that's fine. But when he was last in TNA... I'd already made my peace with never wanting to see him come back to WWE and then he did come back to WWE and confirmed everything that Tommy Dreamer's time has passed and as much as he was a guy that I liked, 
he's a guy who should should not be wrestling anymore. But speaking of of people who have been in TNA, someone who's now been in TNA for longer than they were in WWE, what would your thoughts be on Kurt Angle? I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on Kurt Angle because part of me really wants it, but at the same time, it's again, it all comes down to booking and. Is, is there, is if there, he's is there you, not a part of you that that worries about the health side? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's that side as well. I mean, see, Kurt Angle has had a number of issues with his health, and I mean, that was part of the reason why he originally left the WWE. But even just putting that aside and assuming that you know he came back and they were like, you know, well, you know, you go through medical and medical say that you're all fine and it's all perfectly safe for you to go ahead and wrestle. That's fine. Even with all that, I don't know. It's I remember hearing like he wanted to come back to wrestle Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he's been on record as saying that that Daniel Bryan is the man that he he wanted to wrestle to retire to. Yeah, and so I mean that kind of does show. I think that he would go out there to be like you know to come in, wrestle someone, put them over, and retire himself. Yeah, so you've not got that fear like we have with The Rock where he's only coming in for his own ends. You feel he'd be there to do the right thing. But I don't know if he... I think with Angle, it's like... Obviously, he wanted to do that with Daniel Bryan because obviously he saw something with, with, with Bryan. And would he do that for someone else? I mean, I think there are other people who you, you could do it with. I mean, maybe like him and Cesaro, for example, could be a, a really good thing. But... Whether he's going to do that, though, that's another question entirely. Yeah, the, the the main worry that I have with Kurt Angle's return to the WWE, if it were to ever happen, is the likelihood is that he would be facing one of the, the newer generation. And it's it's become a lot more of a physical style than it was in even five years ago. Now, so you know, people like Seth Rollins and Cesaro, they, you know, not even going somewhere like Nakamura. It's quite a tough style, and I'm, I'd be worried about the effect on his body because he would go out there and he would do everything that he had to do. This is a man who sees no problem moonsaulting off the top of cages. So I think he would, he would try and step up, and he would try and and work with that style and I'm not so sure that his body is up to it and I wouldn't want Kurt Angle to come back to have a couple of matches and end up having to retire because his body can't do it anymore rather than retiring because he wants to come back put that guy over and draw a line under his career you don't want him to be forced into retirement you don't want the sting route basically is what you're exactly. saying exactly Okay, so let me play host for a second here, and I'm going to pose you a question instead. Okay. Uh, so you are wearing a T-shirt while we are recording this, thank God. I am. Um, and it raises an interesting question for me because of the current state of the women's division. And admittedly, when we used to use the phrase, the current state of the women's division, it was used as a bad thing. And now it's obviously meant as a much better thing. It's, you know, the women's division is a lot healthier than it used to be. It's being treated with a lot more respect than it used to be. But you're wearing an awesome Kong t-shirt, or Kong, as it actually just is on your t-shirt. Yes. When she first came into the WWE, having done some amazing things, and again, you don't often say those those words about <laughs> TNA, having done some amazing things in TNA, she was a breath of fresh air into what was then the Divas division. Would you want to see Awesome Kong come back in the current women's division, or would you be worried about what they would do with Awesome Kong, or how Awesome Kong would be used on the current female superstars? It's, it's, it's quite an interesting one that one because like you say it's it's a very different landscape now than when she was in the WWE the style is completely different the look is completely different but at the same time there isn't really anyone like her other than maybe Nia Jax down in NXT yeah I mean to a point I think like she like she she's nowhere near the size that she was uh when she was in WWE now she's she's slimmed down quite a lot but she's still incredibly imposing looking and um like say Nia Jax is probably the only person that they have who could offer that kind of like you know visual Nia Jax 
can play the monster heel for the women's division. Yeah. In the same way that the Big um, Show and Kane can play the monster heel just purely because of their presence. And Awesome Kong could do that yeah. exact same and thing. And that, that, that was obviously what she was brought in for at the time. But now we've dropped the Divas term and it's it's about women's wrestling, not Divas being catty, no character, just you know, fighting because that's what them women do. Mean girls. Yeah. Um, it's quite different because when she came in, she was one of the few people who actually had a uh, a, a character and a set. You know, she, she was definitely the heel. She was coming in, she was the monster, she was going to tear through everything. And whether or not that would work now, I'm not so sure. So I think you'd you'd have to try and give her more of a character and you would have to have more of Keir Stevens coming out than how she's really ever been presented as either Karma or Kong. Um, so I think it's not something I'm opposed to, but I'd be, I'd be reticent about it because we, we're still not quite sure where the women's division is going. It was this new direction hasn't sort of like really fully established itself. We've kind of only really focused on three people so far and we've now kind of brought Natalia uh into that so like until I see sort of like a bit more of where we're going with the women's division I'd probably for now want her to stay away but the problem you have is she's not exactly getting any younger I think she's 38 39 so whether or not you you have time aside for that and if you don't bring her back now maybe you can never bring her back I don't know so for me, I'd probably say I'd I'd be happy to leave it, but you would always have that that feeling of what could have happened if we if we could have seen Karma have a have a real run in the WWE. Okay, so I'm going to play presenter one more time, and I apologize. I'm not trying to steal your job here, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to make Steve do some work now. Oh, so work. one of the people that's on my list of somebody that I wouldn't want to see come back to the WWE right now again going back to what I said about before potentially being a little bit controversial, is I don't want Stone Cold Steve Austin to come back into the wrestling ring. And I know that you're a massive Stone Cold fan. It's true. So I put it to you. My feelings for, for why he shouldn't come back is there's an age thing. There's a, again, would the WWE just use him as, oh my God, everybody look, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's amazing. And nobody's going to be able to hold a candle to him. Do you think that Aust- knowing Austin's ability and understanding of the industry as we've seen in the podcast and as we've seen in the in all of the other stuff that he's done and any interviews he's done that he would come in and do more of a Jericho jobbing to put news talent over than a rock squashing people to put himself over I think he would I mean everything you ever see like if you watch the Stone Cold podcast or listen to you know the other these other well obviously the non-network podcast He's a guy who's very old school, very, you know, it's pro wrestling and all that. He obviously, you know, he's quite well known for not seeing Ice Five with Vince and a lot of that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's like, I think that Stone Cold, if he felt that he had one more run in him and it could come back and do a few matches and do something, it would be to come in, put the next guy over and that would be it. Because he'd get that bit of a rub as he comes back. Obviously, he'd come back, you know, beat a few people on the way in. Because obviously, you kind of have to establish that he can still do something. Oh, yeah. I have so, no problem with him coming in and beating up people to, to yeah. re-establish himself. Again, we go back to the Jericho and I don't want him losing everything. I had no problem with The Rock beating CM Punk if it then put somebody else over that wasn't already an established guy. It has to have a purpose. Exactly. But ultimately, I think that last match... He would go out on his back, like I said. He's a guy who's he's very old school. Like with take, like take is meant to be very from everything you hear. It's meant to be very similar. I mean, obviously, it's a little different with take potentially since um, maybe we've already seen his last match. Or the rumor has it that we're going to see his last match, and it's going to be putting over the new talent, the up and coming talent. That you know, I'm I'm still not sure about this rookie. And his ability to draw money, but you know, the rumor has it that the Undertaker is going to put over John Cena at WrestleMania. 
And like the the kid definitely needs something like that to 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 get along to set him apart from all the other ten time WWE heavyweight champions and the three time world champions. Um, but yes, I, th- I think Austin again has that level of of respect with Vince McMahon where he could call the shots and he'd say, "I'll come back and I'll do this." Yeah, it would be very and much a. Vince would go along with what he says. Like he may or just have, say no. He may have an idea of what he wants to do, but for the most part, un- unless Austin comes in with a, a left field idea of you know wanting to to take on Fandango or something, he's gone. He's gonna pick a guy who who needs that to cement themselves as as a top star rather than take someone from nothing. So you know he's not gonna come in and pick someone like that. But equally, I don't think he he would come back. And for example, um, when they were talking about the the Texas Death Match on on the podcast, I don't think that he would come in and, and and have that kind of match. But if he did come in and have that kind of match, it wouldn't be just for that. And he would come in and he would have that match, and then he would go on to face someone else to go out on his back. I don't think that he would come in like the Rock has done just for those like matches against the big established stars and then that's it he's off again i think that he he might be willing to do that for the you know f- for that wrestlemania but then he would go on he'd do some more things and he would eventually go out putting over the guy that he wants to make the next star well i think the the interesting thing to, to build on what you've just said it kind of goes back to what this whole conversation was about was the whole there are the two types of people that we don't want to see back and i think there's there's that element the rock comes back because vince wants to do the whole era versus era he did it with the rock and and uh, hogan he did it with the rock and cena hogan being the old guard versus the new guard in the rock in that match and then the rock being the old guard versus the new guard of cena in that match but somebody like austin coming back what you're saying there would be that almost that Austin wouldn't want to come back to just do the one-time old guard versus new guard match. He might do that match, but he'd then use it as a springboard to go on and put somebody new over. And an interesting thought occurred to me while I was listening to you guys talk then about it was that the name that he's banded around probably the most on his podcast that I've heard anyway is Cesaro. And I think Cesaro going over Austin to establish himself as the next main event talent would be an amazing use of Austin having one more run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is. I don't think there'd be anyone complaining if Steve Austin were to come back and do that. Whereas, if he, you know, if he were to come back and he had a match against Brock Lesnar, and then that was it, he went off. I don't think that's any any anything that people really want to see, and they'd look back at it and go, "Yeah, it was great, but." And that's not really how someone like Steve Austin deserves to finish their career. You know, it needs, you know, if if they're going to come back, you know, you want people to look back at it and go, man, how good was that thing that Austin did? Well, because currently you look back at Austin's career and go, man, how good were those three main events against The Rock at WrestleMania? You don't need anything. Most people would kill to have that in their legacy. And he's already got that. He doesn't actually need to come no. back and do anything else, which is why I think if he chose to come back, that as long as he did come back for the right reasons, I, I'm willing to be swayed. Currently, he's on the list of people. I'm like, the fans need to get over it and just be like, it ain't happening. You know, yeah. It's like the people still clamoring for one more Daniel Bryan run or one more Christian run. As much as I would love those two things to happen, they're not, and we need to move on, and we need to look at the new guys instead. Yeah, so I've I've definitely made my peace with Austin as 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 good as it would be to see him come back and put over someone like Cesaro, who, despite seeming to have everything, WWE don't quite get behind him. Something like that would catapult him completely into the main event, and he would be a superstar of the level of John Cena or Triple H if he were to take out a returning stone called Steve Austin but that's the circumstance that it has to be for for Austin to come back otherwise he's done he's had one of the greatest careers in wrestling and it should probably be left there 
And on that bombshell, I think uh, we've uh, hit the hour mark now, so we should uh, probably wrap this up. Uh, So thank you for joining me uh, today, Danny. You're very welcome. And thank you, Steve. Yeah, no problem. And uh, say we shall uh, see you next time with another uh, roundtable discussion. If you like this one, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Leave a comment for us below, especially if you have any suggestions on which topics you would like us to cover. That's it for now. We'll see you next time. (laughs)